Hello. This is episode 12 of The Hate Crime Files, a podcast about crimes typically involving violence, motivated by prejudice based on race, religion, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, or other grounds. I'm your host, Terrence Heath. This podcast covers disturbing events and may not be suitable for everyone. It is not recommended for children under 13. Listener discretion is advised. By now, the details of Matthew Shepard's death are well known. On October 6, 1998, 21-year-old Matthew met Russell Henderson and Aaron McKinney at a bar in Larry, me, Wyoming, and accepted a ride from them. Henderson and McKinney beat, tortured, and robbed Matthew, tied him to a wooden fence, and left him for dead, all because he was gay. Matthew lingered in a coma for several days as news of the brutal attack on him spread worldwide. On October 12, 1998, Matthew Shepard died without ever regaining consciousness. I remember where I was when I heard about Matthew Shepard. I was working at the National Minority AIDS Council at the time in the policy department. I'd just done a brief stint as the assistant editor at the Lambda Book Report. And before that, I worked at the Human Rights Campaign, the job that brought me to Washington, D.C. At that point, I'd spent the early years of my career practically immersed in LGBT issues and related matters. At the time, I was on my first work-related trip in that job, helping my boss to organize and manage a training on HIV-AIDS treatment advocacy for Latinx and indigenous women in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We were in flight between D.C. and New Mexico when The news first broke about Matthew being attacked, beaten, and left for dead. I didn't hear the story until I turned on the news while settling into my hotel room. I remember feeling shock and horror as I sat there on my bed, hearing about how Matthew had been found, bloodied, beaten, and tied to the fence outside Laramie, Wyoming. The story unfolded over the next several days that Matthew was likely attacked because he was gay. During every break in the training, I went back up to my hotel room to check the news for updates on Matthew's condition. I didn't know Matthew personally, of course, but his story gripped me because I knew how easily it could have been me or someone I knew and cared about. The emails and messages I kept getting from friends in the days that followed showed I wasn't the only one touched by Matthew's story. I remember sitting in my hotel room and absorbing the news that Matthew had died after spending his last days in a coma as a result of the beating he received. I remember sitting alone, feeling a leaden weight in the pit of my stomach and hot tears on my face. I wanted very badly to be with my friends at that time, to be with people who felt the way I did at that moment. The evening I flew back to Washington, there was a massive demonstration and vigil for Matthew at the Capitol building. My friends and I made plans to attend, 
We stood among hundreds, if not thousands, of people all there to remember Matthew and demand action on hate crimes. This week marked the 21st anniversary of Matthew's death. Since the details of Matthew Shepard's murder are widely known and readily available to anyone who wants to look them up, I wanted to do something a little different from the usual narrative for this episode. Fortunately, I had the chance to sit down and talk with Veronica Kennedy, who was a classmate of Matthew's at their boarding school in Switzerland, to learn more about who Matthew was and what he meant to those who knew him well. What follows is our discussion. So I have the pleasure of actually speaking with someone who knew Matthew Shepard. Um, I wanted to do something a little different for this episode of the podcast because so many people know Matthew's name and the details of what was done to him. Absolutely. Um, And so I didn't want to rehash all of that. Um, Like I said earlier, one of the things I find in researching these stories is that the who the victim was Mm -hmm. gets lost. Mm -hmm. It becomes more the story of what happened to them and what happened after that. Yeah, they become almost an effigy of themselves. And it's it's important for me, as much as I can in doing these episodes, to bring back as much as I can find out Mm -hmm. or learn about that person. Um, who they were, how what what their family was like, how they how they grew up. I don't usually have a chance to talk to someone who knew them, mm-hmm. uh, and so um, when uh, my friend Mindy <laughs> put me in touch with you, I thought, wow, okay, this will be this will be different. Um, so I'm I'm speaking with Veronica Kennedy, Hi. who was a friend of. Uh, Matthew Shepard's. Uh, tell me a little bit about about yourself. And... So, um, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to 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 come and, and and share Matt's story with you and who he was. And and you're quite right. Um, it's you know it's funny ever since well not funny but it's it's ever since Matt's murder. Every time I see reports of a hate crime, I I immediately think about the people that were like me like his family, like his other friends, um, who are b- b- discombobulated is, is the word I keep coming back to. I've come back to over the years um, at the, the, the life that, that the crime takes on of itself, right? Mm-hmm. And that the person who was the victim of the crime becomes, like I was saying earlier, like an effigy of themselves. Um, first of all, like, I don't know Matthew Shepard, right? Like, I know Matt. I knew Matt um, when I... So, there's a bit of a backstory. Um, I went... Matt and I met at a boarding school in Switzerland. Ah, okay. Right. And um, the... uh, Was... We were all kind of thrown into this scenario where our parents, for one reason or another, um, would send... had need for an American education for their kids. Mm-hmm. And so they sent us to this place. And um, 
the, I met Matt in German class in 1993. Okay. I was 13 years old. He was, wow. I believe, a junior. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a very, very small school. I think the entire student body at that point was from, and this was a school that was from 7th grade to 12th grade. Um, and I think the entire student body was maybe 300 students, maybe. And so we were in a class of four people. Mm -hmm. um, we were also heavily involved in the, in the school's theater program together, such as it was, right? Like it was a theater program that was largely a black box style theater, but it was all, you know, sort of a small crew. And um, we, we became friends, right? Like was I his bestest friend ever? No. Not at all. Um, there were certainly those who were his peers and his classmates and his dorm mates and his roommates, mm -hmm. with whom he was he he had you know closer different relationships. Um, but he was someone who was very much part of my childhood, very much for the two years that he was there. And in the aftermath of his murder, um, took on a completely different role in my life. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was a school where we, everybody, there, there was such a, it was such a cross-section of the world that went to the school. There were people who were high society, Middle Eastern, sort of Arab princes style, right? Mm -hmm. And then there were the children of, of, of just wealthy business people. Um, there were uh, civil servants, you know, children of civil servants. I was there because of my parents' work. In the, in the U.S. Foreign Service, mm -hmm. and we were stationed in Poland at the time, okay. and not so much, and the town that we were in didn't have an American school. Um, so, and then we had people that were under, like, Matt's category, who were people that were work, Amer American expats working out of, mm -hmm. out of the, the Middle East, out of Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. And we called him the Saudi Aramco kid. So he was part of that Saudi Aramco kid tribe. Okay. And I was part of sort of the diplomat brat crowd. But it was never, it was sort of just an origin point. It was never a, a click. Like right. there were, there were, it wasn't a very click environment. Mm -hmm. um, certainly people gravitated towards, you know, people that knew each other. And so the Americans all kind of fell in with one another. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the, the group of friends, the larger group of friends, were people that were older, younger, because there were so few people at the school. Mm -hmm. So we did have like an intimate friendship, um, but we were kids, yeah, right. Um, so when, but there was so much, you know, in the aftermath, there was so much about him that none of us knew. Like none of us knew he was gay at school, right. And it's not that it was. A suspicion or anything it was just not something that we ever talked about mm -hmm. as a broader student body um yeah and i can imagine i mean at that time being uh, careful about who you would you know want to come out to mm -hmm. and it's a process so i don't know where he might have been in that in that process yeah yeah i think that's I think that's true. Um, when the when the, the the attack there's a came out after after his murder um, that he had been attacked uh, mm -hmm. during a student trip in, yeah. in Marrakesh, and 
none like none of us knew about it nobody knew about it except for the people that were also on the trip with him but they didn't i don't think they really understood what would happen because remember we're all 16 17 15 years old right um and so there's there's a rose colored lens that you kind of look at the world in, especially when you're mm-hmm. in this absolutely bucolic place like mm-hmm. i mean it's it's i went to hogwarts <laughs> it's nestled in the swiss alps right. in the southern canton of you know the italian canton of switzerland mm-hmm. the buildings are stunning mm-hmm. you know you're 45 minutes north of milan like that you you just kind of exist in a different world mm-hmm. and very cognizant of of the opportunities that we were given there right but at the same time we were teenagers right so you know who was Matt he was a guy he was a kid he was he was a very warm person he was um very generous of spirit he was not quiet like he wasn't a quiet shy guy but at the same time he was he was thoughtful like Mm -hmm. he would participate and and hang out and be very much part of every active conversation but at the same time he would sort of sit back and just listen Mm -hmm. um he was someone who it's funny because in in the sub you know he's this year marks the 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 year that he's been gone as long as he was alive right and um it's made me think back on what, um, how much of him do I actually remember, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how much of it is sort of blown up in my mind as a result of the effigy of Matthew Shepard, right? Right, and how much of it is just memory taking its course and the stories becoming, you know, bigger, smaller, mm-hmm. less detailed, more what, detailed what in different ways. What takes on more significance yeah, exactly. in, in retrospect. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the things that ring true are, are that he, you know, when I, my f- sophomore year, my freshman year, I had sustained a pretty bad knee injury, mm-hmm. really bad, like bad crutches for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. And he would um, help me with my books to the next class after our class. Okay. And it was across campus. It wasn't a huge campus, but it was, it was you know, a, an extra step that he would take on to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I was a very uh, <clears throat> precocious, I can hear, I can imagine people giggling and rolling their eyes as I say this. <laughs> I was super chatty <laughs> as a kid. Okay. And I still am today. Um, but he was one of the people that had a lot of patience for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was, he was a guy, right? Like mm-hmm. his, he was... It, if, if Matt were here today, he would be a guy, a person, uh, someone who I think stands out in people's minds, certainly, but also someone who could just as easily be, you know, a person just living their life. Do you have a favorite memory of, of Matthew? Hmm. Um, okay, so... This is going to sound super bougie. <laughs> <laughs> At school, we had a, after uh, Christmas break, we would all come back, the school would come back together at a, at a Swiss ski resort. Okay. <laughs> um, where we would have what was called, quote unquote, ski term. And it was 
three weeks and it was basically um, classes in the morning <clears throat> and then skiing in the afternoon. And at the, at the end of this, you know, the kids that didn't know how to ski learned how to ski and the kids mm -hmm. that knew how to ski, you know, skied all day. Right. Um, I learned to ski at 12 years old and that's actually what tore my knee up. The first year, I don't, I don't know if he knew how to ski walking into this. But he decided to participate in the what we call the Fleming Cup, which was sort of a friendly intramural competition mm -hmm. that was a slalom course, a giant slalom course. Matt went, instead of going around the slalom course like you're supposed to, decided he wanted to go super fast, at least this is how he told it later, and just went straight down the hill <laughs> on a pair of skis. And like by the end of it, it was like, ah! <laughs> and it became, I mean, pictures in the yearbook about it. He went straight down, barreling forward. And he was at, and that's actually something about him. He was pretty fearless, right? Like, and this, here's a kid who came up in so Wyoming. There was an adventurous oh, yeah. side. And always up for, you know, hey guys, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know, whether it was going downtown or, or going to, you know, Milan because... Why not? You're 45 minutes north. Right. And really embracing the opportunities to see everything. Mm -hmm. right? he, he, he had tremendous curiosity about the world around him. Um, and he, <laughs> and yeah, like um, to go down hills and we're like, dude, you're going to break your face. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, at that, at, uh, at that age when you're discovering mm -hmm. so much about yourself to also be in that that setting where you you have access to or exposure to so many different mm -hmm. um, places and things. Mm -hmm. Especially for, and, and my experience with that, so like I, I didn't actually live in the States until I was 17 years old, say for like, I think nine months when I was like nine, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and he was the exact opposite, right? Uh -huh. they, they lived in Wyoming their whole life. And, and then, then when Dennis got the gig in, with, um, I can't remember if it was one of the airliners or it was one of the oil companies, but regardless. I think it was an oil company. Yeah, I, I think it was Aramco. Um, went to, they, they went from Wyoming to Dahran, mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. Boy, oh boy, that culture <laughs> shock was something, I'm I can sure. Only I'm I can sure. Only and then from there, because there was no, so the, 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 the schooling situation was American schooling stopped at 10th grade. That's just, that's how they did things. And the kids would then go on to different schools mm -hmm. worldwide. And um, to go from Wyoming to Saudi Arabia and mm -hmm. then Switzerland. Right. Right? Like, talk about access and curiosity and all of the things mm -hmm. and he embraced it he was always curious always asking questions um and always up for something new like he he really did have an an adventurous spirit about him mm -hmm. um do you remember the last time you saw him <sighs> yes I mean, it's, it's probably kind of far back. But. And, well, it's funny because, so, the last time I saw him was during, um, so, the, the, after the attack in Marrakesh, um, he, I, I remember, I remember not seeing him for a while and being confused for where he was. 
Right. And my guidance counselor at school was also the school nurse. And I was very, very, I mean, I called the woman mom. Her name is Ellen. And I, I'm guessing you didn't know about the attack at that time. Nobody did. And, uh, save for, obviously, the faculty. Mm-hmm. Right? And, um, and the kids that were also on this trip with him. And I remember people being very silent about why Matt wasn't there. Okay. And... I remember asking, like, did something happen? You know, um, Mm -hmm. when you have that many teenagers together, you know, obviously shit goes down. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And so was it, you know, he, like, did he get expelled? Did he get Mm -hmm. suspended? Did did something happen? Was he ill? Um, And I remember the teachers being very guarded about why he wasn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. And then he came back for... um, I think the last month of school so that he could graduate with everyone. And the and there were details in there that I actually didn't remember until this last summer. Um, last year I went back for my, my 20th high school reunion at Tassas. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my closest friends in the world, he's like my big brother, was one of Matt's roommates. Mm-hmm. And you did a tour, right? Like we did tours around campus to see what was new, what was old, and you know, sort of mm-hmm. an alumnus tour, right? Yeah. And one of the rooms we went to was their old room. Oh wow. And it was it, watching him in this place unlocked again, it sort of like mm-hmm. clicked the lock and all of these other memories came right. through. And I remember the last time I saw him was was before I left school, because graduation would usually happen right around the time everybody mm-hmm. took off for, for the summer. Um, and it was within the context of me saying goodbye to him and the two of his roommates that were like my older brothers. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was sad, but it was always like this idea of, I'll see you sometime. Mm-hmm. We'll run into each other. I mean, and this is years before the internet. Mm-hmm. Right. Email had just become a thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and, you know, if social media were what it was today, yeah, absolutely. I would have, I would mm-hmm. have been more in touch with him, but he'd gone off to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really think about him until the day I saw the news. So, what I, I'm going to come to that in a, mm-hmm. a little bit, but sure. what do you remember most um, about, about Matthew? He was so small. He was, he like was small. 5'2". Teeny weeny. I, and it's and funny that, that that hasn't been more part of the barely, Matthew story. Barely 100 pounds. He was teeny weeny. Yeah. Teeny tiny, but like, like small in stature, big in size. Um, and not like a, an overtly boisterous personality, mm-hmm. but, but certainly someone that you forget that he was five foot two mm-hmm. and he, um, he always, he, he, his smile was as big as his face and he had, um, on top of that, he had like a mouthful of metal. He had yeah. a lot of braces and yeah. he had braces and the the those physical attributes of him I remember really clearly. Um, yeah, he was so small. 
his clothes. I feel like he he would wear clothes that I feel like were too big for him to try and look I, bigger. I when I watched <laughs> the documentary, Matt Shepard is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I I thought you know when I looked at him, I was like, he's he's swimming in his clothes. He, he's teeny every I'm like is the his. James were hanging off of him. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, he was he was little. Yeah. Um and he uh I he often had like he had this thing where he would wear mismatched socks all the time. <laughs> and um, when on we purpose do, or by accident? <laughs> or... He says on purpose. <laughs> okay. I think it's because he missed laundry day, frankly. Um, okay. But when we d- would do theater, you know, when we would do theater productions together, um, he would always like pull little pranks. And we had like this prank night that mm-hmm. we would do during productions. But he would always like be kind of a trickster and do stuff like wear mismatched socks just to annoy the crap out of everybody because we don't look at him and be like dude what the hell is wrong with you put on some damn socks and um and he, and he, he what else do I remember I, we, we were also in choir together and um I remember he would sing very quietly mm-hmm. because we had some people in a mutual friend was a woman named Haley who has a voice like an angel. Okay. And we would hear her sing and all of us would be like, <laughs> um, and he, yeah, like he, again, like this small person in height, but like just, and that's, that, those are one of the memories that, that for me has been hard to reconcile across the years because, you know, mm-hmm. Matt, mm-hmm. Or suits that were easily three sizes too big for him. Mm-hmm. And we had a school dress code. So, like, no jeans and t-shirts. You had to be, mm-hmm. like, buttoned up, well-dressed for class, mm-hmm. all of those things. Um, and maybe looking a little rumpled. Maybe he needed to press his shirts more often <laughs> than not. Um, but he was, again, he was a teenager. Yeah, he was teenage a boy. 16, 17-year-old boy. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, how much of that do I remember against the again the sort of the, the hugeness of what Matt Matthew became right mm-hmm. and I mean for me you know Matthew like if you think in the last part of the 20th century who are the two hate gay hate crimes that people remember Harvey Milk and Matthew Shepard mm-hmm. and so when you're thinking about for me to reconcile like do I really remember that or is that in 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 contrast right. to Matthew Right, right. Like, there's the, your friend Matt, mm-hmm. and then there's Matthew Shepard, who, for many of us, became uh, some a symbol of sorts. Yeah, and 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 Matthew for me did as as well. Um, you know, I'm 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 openly bi, mm-hmm. um, and until Matt was murdered, it mm-hmm. didn't. It didn't even occur to me that someone would want to kill me because of my sexual identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up in a world where apartheid was very real, mm-hmm. and because that was very much in the headlines, Bosnia headlines, you know, Berlin Wall. I mean, I moved to Poland right before, right, I can't remember, but right around the fall of the wall. So, right. like, those big, like, issues that typically drive people to, you know, get nasty with each other. Mm-hmm were the ones that stood out in my head. It never occurred to me that homophobia 
could be as dangerous as as religious intolerance or racism like mm. it, it had just never occurred to me um so yeah i it it, it he, matthew also became a, a, a clarion call for me as well and realizing that oh god people will do this to each other and mm -hmm. it, it had just it i know i sound totally pollyanna when i say that but it's something that had never occurred to me before how did you learn about what first learn about what what happened to matthew uh so it was october 10th 1998 i was home i was in college at the time and um i was home like working on a paper i worked i i was at one of the local schools one of the local community colleges and i was i i remember being like oh god i'm gonna miss this paper deadline ah! Right. Furiously working on, on last minute homework because I'm a procrastinator. And um, I was listening. I had the news on in the background. Mm -hmm. And I looked up just as Andrea Roan on Channel 9 had was reporting on, on an attack on a young man in Wyoming. And I looked up and in sort of the inset, you know, right above their shoulder, mm -hmm. I see a picture. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, he looks really. Oh, gosh, that looks a lot like Matt. Wow, that's mm -hmm. crazy. And she said Matthew Shepard. And again, I don't know him as Matt. Right. I know him as Matt. Right. And I'm like, wow, what are the odds? Huh, I should look him up and see where he is these days. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know what picture they showed. I think it was, it was, you know what, I remember now. It was the picture of Matt in the tan blazer with the jean shirt under it. Because okay. he thought it looked really cool. And it clicked into place. And I started, mm -hmm. my, like, my blood ran cold. Oh my gosh. And I just started screaming. And I was like, what the? Mm -hmm. Right? And I started screaming for my mother. And Jesus, 21 years ago. And it still puts a lump in my throat. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom was, she was, she was convinced that that this was a misunderstanding that now this this isn't the kid that you went to school with come right, on right. Veronica what are the odds and I called the school and they confirmed that it was that it was him oh. and it um it became I finding out on the news and then immediately mm -hmm. calling people right but right again because this is before the inter because, the internet had really um, taken on. I'm guessing you probably talked to a lot of the other people that knew. Oh yeah, Matthew you remembered him. And I'm we were sure. all bewildered. We were right. all bewildered. There's yeah. you know there's a there's a pretty large contingency of of, of alumnus here in the D.C. area, mm -hmm. and we um, were trying to get a hold of each, uh, people were just trying to get a hold of each other to understand what happened. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my best friends. Um, who now lives in D.C., and who happens to also be named Veronica, uh, was in Italy at the time. She was going to school there. Mm -hmm. And I called her, and, and I was like, dude, have you heard the news? And she's like, Veronica, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's in every newspaper. It's in every... Every country. Every country. It's everywhere about Matt. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What happened? What mm -hmm. ha And it was just so bewildering because, you know, for that... I think for anybody to to find out a the shock of that happening to someone you knew and was right. very much a part of, of of who you were, right? Um, to find out about that and then find out that you're not even going to be able to catch breath, 
because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's everywhere mm-hmm. and immediately sort of the media frenzy of it took over and before you before you've had a chance to absorb yeah. it yes yeah. it suddenly this I, I can only imagine this person that you you knew mm-hmm. and and loved as a friend suddenly they belong to the world yeah and it was also the you know it wasn't even the shock it was of of him being gay Mm -hmm. right like so poor matt he was he he had i mean he was out to the people that he kept in contact with Mm -hmm. you know after they all graduated Mm -hmm. but wasn't out to like everybody Mm -hmm. um and i think he was as i understand it and i might i might have this wrong he was starting to really come out as he yeah understood and 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 embraced who he was uh, i think that night he'd gone to a lesbian gay student union meeting Mm -hmm. and he um and he was really starting to embrace who he was as a gay man so to find out my friend who you know, okay, cool. He was. I remember looking at the screen and the and 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 uh, the television screen, and then saying, you know, it's suspected that he that it's a gay hate crime mm-hmm. or something to that effect. And me saying, wait, first of all, Matt was gay. Oh, okay. Hmm. Didn't realize it. And secondly, so what if he was gay? Right. Lots of people. And again, it was that innocence, right? right? Like it mm-hmm. was that innocence. I'm like, lots of people are gay. Why? Why would anybody want to kill him for that? And. That confusion for me was 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 really terrifying because I'm like, wait a second, I I am attracted to men and women. Does that mean people want to kill me too? Mm-hmm. Oh God! Right. Oh God! Right. And so it was a lot happening very quickly, and um, it yeah my i i remember my parents finally turning off the television and being like go to bed you need to yeah. not be in front of the right. screen right um and it it was just really kind of a blur mm-hmm. and you know the subsequent years i've thought back on that moment and been like girl boss up what do you what if that was hard for you what do you think it was like for judy and right. for tennis I, and for logan I, I and, can't and, even imagine yeah and um, it was it was rugged. It was rugged. Yeah, it was I, really I, rugged. Being a, being now being a parent myself, uh-huh. I can only imagine uh-huh. how incredibly hard that would have would have to have been for them. Oh yeah. Did you have any contact with his parents in the days after that? No, not really. Um, I a bunch of us went. Were were a bunch of us, and by us, I mean TASA students. Mm-hmm. Um went to the funeral mm-hmm. i had intended to go um and funny you talk about parents because i was really pissed at my parents for it for years but now as a parent i understand why they ultimately pulled the plug on it and said no no you're not going uh-huh. um because you know again my parents foreign service officers mm-hmm. we live in a very secure you know grew up in a very security aware world mm-hmm. and they they i'm sure they saw the protests yeah and they saw on top of that watching their child just mm-hmm. in a st- I was in a haze, mm-hmm. um, and then fly out there. Mm-hmm. Instant communication wasn't what it is today, right, right? And they were terrified for my safety. Yeah, and I can imagine. Yeah, and so I ended up not going. Um, and the first time I saw Judy. 
was years later. It was at a, um, I want to say it was at like a presentation of the Laramie Project. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't know, because we were boarding students, right, we would sort of be aware of each other's parents. But right. it was, you know, I remember seeing the shepherds at school. I remember Judy and Dennis. Um, the but Judy was was right. He was his mom. She was mm-hmm. his mom. And seeing her years later, and just almost in awe of this woman, right? Like she here's a woman that has made it her purpose in life to make sure that no other mom has to go through it. Mm-hmm. And I've I've I won't profess that I know I know her well at all. But in the years that I've 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 been around her and, and come in contact with her and, and you know always within the auspices of, of this, um, she is someone who like I, I just I don't know how she does it. I don't know how she yeah. does it. I mean, you you put one foot in front of the other, yeah. but that's all I can say. I mean, like, and <laughs> the, um, you know, it's just the other, I think about, like, you know, someone who's getting ready in the morning as mm-hmm. you're getting ready for work. Right. And looks over, you know, you, know, you look over your agenda, or you look over your to-do list, and mm-hmm. it's every day. Yeah. I'm going to go talk about my kid's murder. Yeah. Oh. That, I, that, that just... I mean, from from my experience of grief, mm-hmm. it's not something you, and I can only imagine from losing a child, it's not something you ever get past or, or get over. Yeah. You move forward and you learn to carry it with you. Yeah. But I just don't know how. I don't know how. I, 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 I mean, you find it, I guess, in you. You, you rise to whatever the circumstances mm-hmm. are. Um, but that, that is something that um, the, both, both Matt's parents had kind of just amazed me the way that they, yeah. they threw themselves into making a difference mm-hmm. um, in, in his honor. What, why do you think Matthew's murder had such an impact on people? everywhere I don't know I I you know I don't know I I really I've I've in in trying to make peace with it in the subsequent years I've often posed that question to myself and and you know for for a number of years after Matt's murder um I mean I had sort of my close-knit group of friends who knew and some of whom came out to me actually in the aftermath of, mm-hmm. of his murder. Um, and I didn't really talk about it after then. So I, I didn't really even start to contemplate why Matt for years. Mm-hmm. I was just like, it's here. I'm not ready to deal with it. I'm not ready to deal with like the crazy that happens anytime mm-hmm. that, that it comes up because it was still so sensationalized up mm-hmm. to, I think, probably about five years was when it started to really calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I mean, why Matt, beca- why was Matt the, the, the fire that was lit under our collective ass? I don't know. Um, I think 
some of it is that Matt ultimately had a loving family, right? Right. That, you know, right, there's a line in, in, in the movie, um, Matt Shepard's a friend of mine, which was actually made by a classmate of mm-hmm. ours, um, Michelle. And uh, when she, you know, at one point, Judy says, I mean, he wanted to be Dolly Parton for Halloween one year. Like, I had an I, idea. I love I that. had an idea. I and love And he wandered that. around in a Wonder Woman cape. Like, I, I had a thought. I, I, <laughs> I, have to, I have to admit, when I, that part of the documentary, I, I love, I love yeah. that. I, I was like, okay, this sounds like a guy I could hang out with. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. Like, and he was a goof. He was a goofball. And, um, so I think some of it is that he had parents who, unlike so many kids, um, who, okay, you're gay, fine, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah, we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think some of that was the tragedy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of it was, there were, you know, the, the other things that occurred that summer um, and, and that were going on in the summer of 98. Right, that, that, that summer was also... Uh, when James Byrd, the man whose name is also on the hate crime bill, crime along bill, right. with Matthew, I remember vividly yeah. um, those two events. And so there were two really brutal events mm-hmm. occurring in one summer, well, summer, autumn, um, that were both very clear and distinct hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was a zeitgeist of... of you know, 24-hour news coming into play, and so, like, it never mm-hmm. really got out of anybody's head that this had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also some of it was, you know, Hollywood was starting to come out, right? Like, famously, mm-hmm. you know, Ellen DeGeneres Ellen came Ryan. out not long before, and right. then this happens. Right. And um, so I, th- I think it was just, like, a confluence of things. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then in the subsequent years, you know, just the work that the foundation has done, that the Matthew mm-hmm. Shepard Foundation has done, and, but one clear reason, I don't know, at the risk of sounding hyperbolic, I think some of it's also just the sense of, you know, Matt had a very strong sense of what's fair. Like, if mm-hmm. something wasn't fair, that was, like, the one, one of the few things I can remember, like, his dander getting up. Mm-hmm. Right? An otherwise relatively happy person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that some of that sense of unfairness is, is him in there still i know for me when i first heard uh, heard the news i was all the way in um new mexico Mm. um on a training a work-related training on hiv aids advocacy and i didn't hear the news until i got out there Mm -hmm. and i kept going up to my room to to you know watch the news to check updates but all of my friends um, on email and online, this was all mm-hmm. that we, that any of us talked about and people were calling to check on each other. Um, and, you know, I could see in Matt a lot of the people that I knew mm-hmm. and cared about. Mm-hmm. And I think Matt coming from this you know, very solid, loving family, very, you know, I don't know, 
seemed like a middle class background, mm -hmm. I think there was the sense that, well, if anybody should be safe, it should be it should be someone like like him. And if it, if this can happen to someone like him, then it can happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but but I do think that the increased visibility of the LGBT community, yeah. like you said, and the twenty four hour news. Um, made a big difference. Oh, yeah. And we also had, like, new toyitis with, with the internet at that mm -hmm. point, right? Like, yeah. everything was on AOL. Yeah. Everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and and I think that was... I, I think that was one of the areas where, you know, the constant conversation about it, mm -hmm. about his murder, about his attack, was what brought on the frenzy. Mm -hmm. um, and it was... Again, that, I mean, that still doesn't fully answer the question, for me at least, because James Burke had happened. Mm -hmm. So yeah. why Matt and not James? And, and like, I read that 30 uh, other, you know, murders similar, like that had happened that mm -hmm. were hate-related or hate-motivated right. had happened that year. But this was just the one that gripped um, the public imagination. Yeah. Maybe it was a perfect storm of having someone who was a very sympathetic victim mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, yeah, you know, I, don't, I didn't know Matt, but I would look at him in the pictures of him and see, you know, this slight person that, you know, my, your first urge would be to, like, protect him somehow, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so... <laughs> I think that, you know, that may have been a, a part of it, but also that people maybe could see their family members yeah. and friends in in him as well yeah. in a way that um, made a, a large, a wide impact. Yeah, I th I, and I think that's, that's certainly some of it too. Um, and I think why this, why his story has endured so much. Mm -hmm. Um... And that, you know, for me, in the years that have, that have passed since, it's, it's been hard to reconcile. I've, and, and I didn't, I realized that I didn't really start reconciling it until, um, until about five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. And trying to make peace with a lot of good has come from it, mm -hmm. right? And I... I'm hesitant to talk about it in those terms because I don't want to martyr him any more than he's already been martyrized. Right. Because I don't want people to lose who Matt was. Right. But, you know, I, I feel like so much good has happened for the LGBT community, for, um, for just tolerance in general as a result of, of his murder. There have been, you know, huge gains in progress for the LGBT community. What do you think Matthew would think if he could see how much has changed um, in the 21 years since his, since his death? Uh, frankly, I, I think he would have been part of it if he'd been alive. <laughs> um, and I think that he, I think it would give him some peace. You know, anytime I see on Facebook or on in the news something that, that 
has had an impact as a result of his murder. Mm -hmm. You know, this last year, um, there was the the legislation that was passed mm -hmm. um, in New York that removed the gay panic mm -hmm. argument. Yeah, and that that was directly related to, mm -hmm. you know, the, the the attack on Matt. Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking to myself, like, man, I hope you have a front seat for all the good right. that that's happened as a result of you and all the changes that that have occurred. Yeah, um, because because I think it. What happened to him inspired a lot of people to speak up, yeah, and to tell their own stories. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is because of what happened to Matt, and it spurred my interest in um, hate crimes and researching mm -hmm. um, all of the cases that I can find and. And documenting them somehow yeah. so that um, you know Matthew is, is a symbol but um, I, I feel like he even he would probably say yeah but there's other people's stories I think, absolutely there, there's other people's stories that need to be told as much absolutely as much. I think that's very true and it's you know the, the, the I think everybody that that has come in contact with with Matt who then became Matthew, has come to that conclusion as well. Like, you know, look, we, we are people who knew flesh and blood, the person, mm -hmm, right. you know, braces and mixed match socks and all. Warts and all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, would, and for us, it's been, um, you know, A, why Matt? I think we've made peace with it enough. Mm -hmm. But why hasn't there been, you know, this past year, there have been hundreds of hate crimes mm -hmm perpetrated against mm -hmm. transgendered yes. individuals yeah. and especially Eight, trans 20, color of color 20 murders uh -huh. um, this year that we know of, that we that have, that have surfaced been, up in that have been news. reported yeah and you know why why wasn't there just a global clarion call about each and every one of them mm -hmm. why wasn't there you know a, a level of response I, because those those people who who were who were attacked, who were murdered, um, they're not they're not any less unique a human being to their to their family circles, to their mm -hmm. spheres of influence, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think they they deserve, you know, in terms of if we're talking about progress forward they deserve as as much of a loud platform mm -hmm. as as has as math as matthew shepherd mm -hmm. you know the effigy of matthew shepherd has think, has received i think that's part of what i admire about what his parents have yeah. done is using that platform to Absolutely. keep the focus and awareness out there mm -hmm. um that this impacts a lot of people um and, you know, for me, it's like 21 years after Matthew Shepard, we should know by now what hatred does. Right. And, but lo and behold, we still have all of these things going on. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, trying to think, Matthew would be almost 42. He'd be closing 42. in on 42. Yep. Um, 42 on December 1st, 1st World AIDS Day. Was. 
Because yep. he was he was it was just shy of his twenty second birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think he'd be doing now? Hmm. Um. I think he'd be a teacher, or I, I don't think he'd be doing any one thing. Um. Mm-hmm. He. You know, just the curiosity that the sort of curiosity that he had about the world about him makes me think that he would have done maybe he he had bonded actually very closely to to one of the teachers at school who was his english teacher mm-hmm. and um i i wonder if he wouldn't have become like a boarding school teacher <laughs> right just to have the the opportunity to be able to engage and interact mm-hmm. with kids from from all over the world i think he would have done that i think he would have been involved in theater i think he would have been involved in absolutely the LGBT community and fighting for for equality there. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's in one career or it was, you know, sort of a confluence of things, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Um, but I, I do, he had the kind of personality that just kind of drew you in in a very comfortable way that you would want a teacher to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or a counselor. I think he would have been a good guidance counselor as well. Um, yeah, I think something like that. What would you, I mean, uh, people know a lot of the details about, you know, what happened to Matthew. It's, that's all out there for anyone who wants to, um, to, to find, find that information. But what would you want people, what, what would you most want people to know about Matthew? That he was a, it sounds, it sounds trite, but he, that he was a person, mm-hmm. right? Um, that he wasn't a saint. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a devil, right? right? That he was as, as human and as non as, as unremarkable and at the same time remarkable mm-hmm. as you and me. Right. Um, that he... that he was interested in, 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 in being good and being um, fair and being someone who shares a lot of the same kinds of qualities that, that I think everybody does, right? Like he was, he was a person. Mm-hmm. He was a well-rounded, he was you know, multifaceted. He mm-hmm. was not one thing to everyone. He was a lot of things to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he... Yeah, that he was just a guy. <laughs> um, someone who I think if, if anyone were to meet them, they would be like, which one's Matt? Oh, the guy with the goose honk laugh. He's really funny. I like that guy. Like he's, he's, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I don't know what, you know, your beliefs are in terms of like after, yeah, mm. hereafter, afterlife or anything mm-hmm. like that. But wherever Matthew is, right now far from the troubles of of you know our everyday world wherever matthew is right now what what would you want him to know hmm that he lit a fire under the world's ass like most people haven't seen <laughs> um that he made a difference he made a difference and he 
I think he he gave a sense of purpose to people that I don't think any of us would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't talk about Matt for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of us I don't think any of us could talk about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Outside of like each other, right? Because we do, you know, the students. It's a very active alumnus community. We're all pretty, pretty tight. And there's a there's an experience share there that like if I met another person who was also alumnus from Tassis, mm-hmm. it's there's an immediate connection there, right? right? Um, and so we talk about it amongst each other and and remember him when we were together. But what it did do for me was make me say okay this is i'm this is not going to happen to anybody else on my watch i need to do everything i can mm-hmm. and so i became i i became someone who who stands up mm-hmm. right and so i think i would want him to know that he he what was done to him won't wouldn't be in vain it wouldn't be you know, just down the darkness of, well, another kid got killed, damn, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, it became something. Um, did you go to the internment? Mm-hmm. Um, I was there at... with my, with my, um, so I'm, I'm a member of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Okay, yes. And um, I did not go in face, mm-hmm. um, but I was there with my sisters. They came with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was... Yeah, um, yes, short answer is that, yeah, I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that was insane. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was funerals. and It was very, it, there was a lot of closure in there for me because mm-hmm. I couldn't go to mm-hmm. the original funeral. Um, mm-hmm. So there was a lot of closure there. And um, One that reminded me that ultimately the enduring memory of Matt is is just unbreakable bonds of of, of friendship that he has in his life mm-hmm. and in, and in and in his afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, but it was pretty insane to see this tiny little box up on the dais, yeah. looking at that and saying, "Oh God, man!" Right, and f- that he's finally has he has has a finally has a resting place yeah yeah and that he and i didn't for example i didn't you know it's funny when you the, the details that you know you, you don't learn until much later i didn't know that they didn't bury him mm-hmm. that they for for the sake of protection right. and that hit me on a completely different level right? right like at this point i've had my son i'm a parent right. and that you can't put your kid to rest you, because you're terrified of what's going to happen to his remains right. like those poor parents yeah. <laughs> the, the, and, and that they just deal with it with such grace and such po- poise oh. that I just, wow. But now that he's safe and he's at rest um, in a place where he's absolutely a part of the national landscape now. And that mm-hmm. I think has been one of the things to... And like, finally safe. Yeah, and safe. And that the national landscape is such that we as a as a culture can offer him a place of safety mm-hmm. was all of these things are sort of whirling around in my head during that mm-hmm. during that service it was it was a very special somber sad but also very comforting day is there anything else that i didn't ask that you know you wanted to share or bring up um 
No. <laughs> it's just keep doing what you're doing. This this podcast is this is interesting. What you're what you're doing here to try and make it, it to to surface up who the person behind the the, the crime is and was and mm-hmm. is for so many. I mean, I can only speak from my own experience, but I I can't imagine I'm the only person in the world that goes what no what that's not their name what and that you want to learn more about the person I think mm-hmm. is is it's comforting. Mm-hmm. Well. I hope, I like to think, and I hope that Matthew is at peace now. I, I, I think he is. I, I, I think um, <laughs> that, you know, hopefully he can rest knowing that he's had a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that so many people remember him. Yeah, I think... I think he's at peace, and I think he's also kind of, I, 20 bucks, he's somewhere up there going, that's right, you're not going to do that to anybody else. <laughs> oh, like, he, <laughs> like, every time that there's another change made, mm-hmm. every time that there's more progress, every mm-hmm. time that, there's, that there is something good that comes from Matt's murder, mm-hmm. I often will sort of, you know, just kind of, point up to the sky and go, man, I, go, I hope you have a front seat for this. Godspeed. Mm-hmm. Like, just Godspeed. Um, because I, 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 I think that one of the things that has been such, what, why he has been such a force for good is not only the work that his, that his family has done, and that, that whole family is invested in, in, in the work of the foundation mm-hmm. um, and, and friends and, and but also, I think a lot of it is that enduring spirit of his of generosity, of wanting to, to give back mm-hmm. and wanting to just make things better. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd like to believe that that is, is also a driving force of just his own strength of spirit. All right. Well, thank you. Of course. So much. For coming out and and talking to me and um, and for the folks at home, we've had this conversation in this beautifully like sun filled room <laughs> with like beautiful you know greenery and this just lovely place. Thank you for doing this here. This is it's very comforting to be able to do this in, in a place that's so lovely. Well, thank you. The Hate Crime Files podcast is researched, written produced and hosted by Terrence Heath. That's me. Thanks for listening. And to all my listeners and subscribers, thanks again for your support. And thank you to my special guest, Veronica Kennedy. I'll be back on the first of the month with another episode. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support it, please subscribe tell your friends and family about it and consider leaving a positive review at iTunes podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, be careful out there and be good to each other.